A hurricane about to impact the PGA Tour and one of the all-time great PGA Tour swing coaches misses on a lawsuit. We have a lot to discuss, including the U.S. Amateur last weekend at Oakmont on another edition of Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levicka, and you are listening to the only golf radio show in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, and it's all because of the Honda Classic. So good to be with you. It is the Northern Trust in the New York metropolitan area. That's where we are to start the FedEx Cup playoff here uh, this weekend. And don't forget, we're just a couple of weeks away from the Ryder Cup. Have a lot to do, including our weekly chat. With Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post and GlobalGolfPost.com. He is our golf insider. He was at Oakmont for the U.S. Amateur, and he'll give us all of the scoop from what took place at Oakmont, a surprising winner, and we'll go through all of his work that he has put up, all of his content post-U.S. Amateur at GlobalGolfPost.com. Let's go ahead and get into our opening drive, and it is weather-related, at least a portion of it. Our opening drive is brought to you by Tire Kingdom. When the weather gets wet, when the weather gets slick down here in South Florida, and we are still very much in rainy season and will be for another month and a half or so, you need to make sure that you have tires that will grip and brakes that will work and in order to make sure that you're all set on those ends you got to get to tire kingdom if you have any doubt if those brakes are getting loud and squeaky if those tires are starting to feel a little slippery well this is the time don't waste any more of your luck by just assuming that your car is good it can't happen to me no it absolutely can and it's happened to me and that's why you need to get to tire kingdom and get the job done the little bit of time it's going to take a tire kingdom to get your tires right all their selections all their different brands uh or to get your brake pads replaced uh it is well worth it entire kingdom they have all these locations in palm beach county and the treasure coast you are not more than 10 minutes away from one it's easy you can just get online tirekingdom.com schedule appointment get yourself set up and get into a tire kingdom and make things right that is tire kingdom go to tirekingdom.com and get that appointment set all right let's talk about the northern trust uh it looks like things are going to be good today in uh, the new york metropolitan area at the northern trust but now we have a hurricane tropical storm Henri is actually looking like it's going to turn into a hurricane And there could be some issues tomorrow, some major issues tomorrow, including the National Hurricane Center saying, quote, strengthening its forecast during the next couple of days. And Henry's expected to become a hurricane by Saturday, be at or near hurricane strength when it makes landfall in southern New England, the center said in a statement. That could mean that New Jersey starts feeling hurricane effects on Sunday and that could make a major headache for the PGA Tour that has already had discussions about moving the final round to Monday. Here's the PGA Tour statement. Quote, we're closely monitoring Tropical Storm Henry and its potential impacts on the Northern Trust. There's no impact for the storm on Saturday's forecast, and therefore play will be rescheduled in twosomes from the first tee with a 6 p.m. scheduled local finish time. We will evaluate the track of Henry throughout the day tomorrow and expect the issue, the plan, and schedule for the final round by late afternoon Saturday. Henry is not currently predicted to have any effect on the forecast for Monday. Depending on the forecasted track of the storm, it's possible that the final round may be rescheduled for Monday. 
So some of the forecasts are calling for winds up to 75 miles an hour, 5 inches of rain, and a storm surge of 3 to 5 feet. The storm force winds could reach the New Jersey area as soon as late Saturday. And so the PGA Tour is on the lookout for weather. The PGA Tour is on the lookout for a potential Hurricane Henry, and the Northern Trust could be impacted. And we will have to continue to monitor that because uh, in the midst of this PGA Tour playoff, off, uh, especially there's some urgency to get from one town to the next, you need uh, all the time you possibly can to get the job done. Fortunately, it looks like things would be able to be completed on Monday if tomorrow gets washed out. And then there is Hank Haney, the legendary swing coach who used to have a golf radio show on Sirius XM. He fought a lawsuit against the PGA Tour, and he has lost. Haney was suspended by the Tour and Sirius XM in 2019 for comments deemed racist and sexist on his radio show. Uh, he brought a suit against the Tour in December of 2019, alleging the Tour had harbored a, quote, vendetta against him. Uh, Haney was seeking damages, and this is according to documents, quote, for the harm the PGA Tour caused when it improperly intimidated, enticed, and threatened Sirius XM to suspend and ultimately terminate my radio broadcast on Sirius XM's PGA Tour radio station. That's the end quote. Haney, in that document, said the tour, quote, long attempted to disrupt and interfere in, in my business, uh, and uh, they interfered in the release of his book, The Big Miss, which was a tell-all about Tiger Woods. So uh, the U.S. District Court has decided that Hank Haney has no grounds for this lawsuit. If you forgot, here's what took place. Haney and his co-host Steve Johnson were talking about the U.S. Women's Open. Haney mockingly predicted, quote, a Korean would win the U.S. Women's Open. And he couldn't name six players on the LPGA Tour, save for those with the last name, quote, Lee. Uh, the PGA Tour jumped on this immediately and uh, decided that Hank Haney's time was done on a radio show that uh, harbored its name. And so, again, Hank Haney uh, trying to strike back via lawsuit at the PGA Tour. He has struck out, and he will not receive any damages from the PGA Tour. It is Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levicka. In just a couple of minutes, we talk with Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post and GlobalGolfPost.com. He is our golf insider, and he was at Oakmont for the U.S. Amateur last week. He'll give us a full rundown of what he saw at Oakmont, uh, who comes out of the U.S. Amateur looking like they're going to make an impact on the PGA Tour. And also, we discuss the Ryder Cup. We talk about John Rahm. Is he a robot or a human being? And a whole lot more, a lot to cover, including a Northern Trust leaderboard as we get into a Saturday that might end up being uh, a Saturday that leads into a day off because of potential Hurricane Henry. I'm Ken Levicka, and it's Saturday morning. That means it's Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3. We return to Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3, and it's time now to get informed uh, with our golf insider from Global Golf Post, and you read all of his work at GlobalGolfPost.com, and he has been busy, and his writing is all over GlobalGolfPost.com because he was at Oakmont for the U.S. Amateur. He is now back, and he'll tell us about it all. It's Sean Fairholm with us here on ESPN 106.3. And, uh, Sean, welcome back home. And uh, after all is said and done, your overall impressions of the U.S. Amateur. A great U.S. Amateur, a kind of an unlikely final between two Midwesterners. It had been since 1978 when John Cook 
an Ohio State Buckeye won the U.S. Amateur, that a, a kid from a Big Ten school won the tournament. Uh, a big milestone, James Pyatt from Michigan State comes home with the trophy, beating Austin Greaser, uh, a kid from, from Ohio who uh, goes to University of North Carolina which hurts me a little bit as an NC State Wolfpack <laughs> member, but still, uh, very, very good final. Uh, went down to the 35th hole, a uh, very close match, and James Pyatt just kind of played smarter golf throughout the entire time. I think Austin Greaser probably translates more to a PGA Tour player because he was hitting it, you know, 30 yards past Pyatt on, on, a, on average pretty much throughout the day. But overall, a great finale and a really good tournament at the U.S. Amateur. It's funny looking back at the history of the tournament. It's kind of 50-50 between guys who have gone on to be PGA Tour stars and then guys you've never really heard of before. There's, there are the, you know, the Brysons and the, the guys who have, who have won, like Victor Hovland. Those guys have won. And then you have guys who just never really amounted to anything. So it's maybe not the greatest predictor of success that there is, but it is a, a very important tournament. And it does have the deepest field out of any in, in the amateur game. So it's a, it was a great week. Yeah, how would you describe Pyatt's game? How was he able to to hang on and, and get the win? You know, he, he's not long off the tee. He's a very smart player. I thought his iron game was terrific. But at Oakmont, it's one of those courses where you really have to be so smart about where you are playing uh, your, your shot and really managing your ball. Uh, in, in particular, uh, there was an example of this in the par 5 12th hole, a very long par five in the back night at Oakmont where Pyatt had a third shot from about maybe 70 yards or so that he landed on the front of the green and this ball rolled all the way to the back of the green to about 20 feet. Uh, Austin Greaser had a putt of about 50 feet kind of on that similar line that Pyatt's uh, longer shot had taken and couldn't get it within 15 feet just because of how difficult uh, and how slanted and how pitched those greens are at Oakmont. Well, maybe the hardest golf course in the world, and Pyatt really just managed his game well. When he missed, he kind of missed on the side where you had to uh, because there are some places at Oakmont where if you miss on the high side, you're, you are completely dead. I mean, you have no shot. You have to make a 40-footer if you want to make par. Uh, it's just one of those golf courses where you just can't go certain places, and Pyatt did a better job than anybody else at avoiding those places. Uh, so again, Pyatt wins the the U.S. Amateur, uh, but it is and you mentioned I know you mentioned Greaser about how he's probably more uh, probably more likely to be someone who can find consistency and get into the PGA Tour. But uh, of the players you saw this past weekend, who do you just based and maybe it was fleeting success or some of the shots he's able to hit? Who stood out to you as someone that you think is going to be a full fledged PGA Tour guy that we're going to discuss here a lot? In the next few years you know we're, we're from florida we got to talk about a florida kid uh nick Gabrelsic from the university of north florida not a traditional golf power but this kid is lighting it up he won the freshman national freshman of the year award for division one in golf the phil, Mc, phil mickelson award huge huge honor won three times this past semester as a, as a college freshman uh and, and then went out to the u.s amateur and made it all the way to the semifinals just came up a little bit short against james pyatt in the semifinals but the way this kid hits the ball can i'm really really excited to see his development he's so young 
he has a lot to prove uh, in terms of how he's going to develop uh, over the next couple of years. But I really have a lot of faith in this kid that he's going to uh, become a, a PGA Tour player and even maybe a top 10, top 20 player in the world. Uh, you know, it, the, the Colin Morikawas and Victor Hovlands, they don't come around all the time, but Nick Gabrelsic is maybe just a little bit behind that at the moment, but he does have that ability. He, he really uh, is so impressive off the tee, a great ball striker, and, and looks very comfortable on the greens as well. I, I, was, I, I came away very impressed having not seen him play in person in, until last week. You know, so many of us live in a world where it's the highly touted prospects, the five stars, football, basketball, and Generally, you can get a really good sense of who the elite players are going to be. What is fascinating about golf is that uh, it's difficult. It's significantly trickier. Just the nature of the game and really the mental aspect of the game as well. It's fascinating when I hear you talk about like, hey, the U.S. Amateur, it's great, but it is rarely a sure thing as a predictor of success. No, absolutely. You're 100% correct. You, you go down the list of the past 20 years, you have guys who have uh, have gone on to stardom. You have guys who, you know, you have no idea who the, where they are right now. Uh, and, you, you know, just as an aside, you know, I, I'm writing an article right now on a gentleman named Bobby Wyatt. It's going to be in this upcoming uh, Monday's issue of, of Global Golf Post. And Bobby Wyatt was a, a fantastic player in Alabama. He was a two-time All-American. They won two national titles while he was there. Uh, he was on a, the 2013 Walker Cup team that and went unbeaten in that Walker Cup. Many people thought that he was going to be the next number one uh, player in the world, not Justin Thomas, his college teammate. Uh, even uh, J- Justin Thomas's caddy, Jimmy Johnson, he was caddying for Bobby Wyatt in some tournaments looking for his next bag during uh, during that his amateur career. And it just never really materialized. He did make the PGA Tour, but immediately fell off. And, uh, and you see what, what some guys are able to do, what some guys can't. And it, it really makes you scratch your head sometimes because Bobby Wyatt was as good of a player, as good of a college player as you'll ever find, and just did not translate for whatever reason. And I'll, I'll have to add, Professional golf is a very lonely endeavor sometimes, and it's just not for everybody. Uh, I, I asked Bobby if, if he were handed a PGA Tour card t- uh, tomorrow, would he take it for, for free? And he said no. He, he's, he likes his life. You know, he has a family. He, he likes not having to travel everywhere all the time, and he just likes his life the way that it is. So it's, it's just not for everybody. And you look at the U.S. Amateur, and, and sometimes it is a great predictor, and, and, and sometimes you just don't know. Man, that is wild, and it's what makes the game great. As we continue on here, Honda Classic Live with our golf insider, Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post. And again, check out all of his coverage and all of his writing from the U.S. Amateur, and that content continues. Again, globalgolfpost.com. If you haven't seen it, you have to, have to, have to check it out or you're not a golf fan. Let's talk about the guys on the PGA Tour, and it has certainly been a fascinating northern trust to this point. You have uh, two players in John Rahm and Justin Thomas who shoot a 63. Jordan Spieth yesterday with back-to-back uh, walk-off eagles, uh, hole-out eagles, which you never see. And Bryson DeChambeau had one of the wildest rounds of all time. Two pars, nine birdies, five bogeys, and two doubles on his Thursday. Uh, we are seeing quite the start here to some playoff golf and a lot of odd, odd play play so far as we head into the weekend 
you know, this golf course, the players don't really like it that much, and that's part of the reason why this tournament is uh, going away in the future. But it is, you, you have to be able to say, the scores that, you look, that you're looking at, you know, you have players shooting 7-8 over, and then you have players like yesterday, we saw Justin Thomas and John Rahm shooting 8 under. I mean, th- th- just the variability in the scores this week has been really kind of cool to see. Uh, there are a lot of holes, a lot of tight driving holes with, with hazards in play. Not unlike uh, PGA National in a lot of respects. Just a lot of penalty areas everywhere. If you're hitting it well, you're going to get a lot of wedges in your hands, a lot of uh, you know par fives you could reach into. You can score. Uh, but if you're, if you're not, if you're not driving it well, it, it can get sideways in a hurry out there. It's very entertaining to watch. Uh, we could have a Kind of a, a two-man horse possibly brewing with Rom and, and Justin Thomas. It just looks like John Rom is playing just about as as good as anybody out there. I saw somewhere his his a uh, percentage you know chance to win the FedEx Cup right now is somewhere around thirty-seven percent, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that, it's that high, it, it, no player. I mean, just to give you uh, you know a, a, in some context, no player is really ever above you know maybe eight or nine percent right. for any given golf tournament so for 37 percent for the entire fedex cup uh that really kind of shows how well he is playing right now where he is situated and just how how everybody kind of views him going forward he is without a doubt the guy to beat overall for the uh, 15 million dollar prize at the end of this FedEx, fedex cup playoffs i mean he's just a terminator right now and I, I i'm i was reading after his thursday round where he shot the 63 he is 59 under par in his last 16 stroke play rounds uh, uh worldwide and that is a just above 67 scoring average i mean that is unheard of that is absolute dominance that's a player who's locked in it is so hard on a week-to-week basis especially when you're doing this different places in the world to keep that momentum up and John Rahm it doesn't matter the course that he's playing it doesn't matter where he is I mean he's just destroying courses right now he probably would have won the Olympics if he would have uh, not tested positive for yeah COVID. I mean I'm sure he regrets that a little bit I mean the, the, the scariest part of all of this is that he is not really putting particularly well. They, they went through his stats through the first two rounds of the, Nor- of the Northern Trust, and he's just hitting basically everything inside 10 feet. He's just an absolute ball-striking machine, maybe one of the best that we've ever seen. I know that might sound like hyperbole, but he is really just playing phenomenal golf. He's not even really putting that well. A lot of times when you see somebody up near the top of the leaderboard, it's because they're having a hot putting week. Not really the case so far, so if you were to have any kind of putting success i mean he could easily win by five or six shots if, if that's the way that his ball striking is going right now so it, it could it could go that way this weekend so john rom dominating on the men's side and just doing john rom things but then uh you have nelly corda who uh was absolutely phenomenal uh winning the olympics she won her first major prior to that and now as we head into this weekend uh she is once again in contention and has spent time at the top the leaderboard of the aig women's open uh she's just as dominant as john rom right now yeah no absolutely nelly corda is really the face of golf the the face of american women's golf right now uh there there is absolutely no doubt about it I love this golf tournament. It's the last major of the year for the women. They're playing out at Carnoustie, one of the best courses on the open road. I would put it maybe just behind the old course at St. Andrews. 
Uh, the women have some terrific venues coming up over the next five years. Uh, they just had a, a purse increase as well for that tournament. That tournament back in 2015, 2016, it was by far one of the worst majors on the on the women's schedule. Now it is really up there uh, amongst the U.S. Women's Open and, and, and even ahead of the ANA inspiration, I would say great golf course amazing bunkering if anybody has the chance to watch this tournament this weekend uh please go out please you know turn on your tv and, and watch this tournament because you have some some great stories uh madeline sackstrom is a, a, a fantastic story she kind of talked about uh going through some sexual abuse as a child earlier this year uh, really a very emotional story from her uh she's a young player with a great personality who, who is playing so well this weekend uh, that would be an amazing story if she were to pull through given everything that she's gone through and of course you have corda you, you have some fantastic players up near the top of this leaderboard so so give, give it a try if uh, if you're looking for something uh, of course it's early coffee golf which i which i love too so you got you got to embrace the the early morning golf yeah without question uh we are we are both on the record as uh as being pro coffee and golf uh honda classic live here on espn 106.3 uh here with sean Fairholm of global golf post globalgolfpost.com uh he is our golf insider here uh i want to i want to ask you about chesson hadley uh so the Wyndham championship we had the six-man playoff but hadley earned the final spot in the fedex cup playoff he needed a 62 uh a missed putt by justin rose on the final hole and the first hole in one of his entire life to get to that point talk about a very very well earned berth into the fedex playoff it was amazing. It was one of my favorite stories of the year in golf to see him so emotional in that post-round interview with Amanda, Amanda Balionis was just so amazing to, to see that level of, uh, of, of emotion. At that time, he thought he was 126, and then Justin Rose has that three-putt bogey on the 72nd hole uh, to, to bump Chesson just into the top 125. It really means a lot for, for some of these guys to be able to do that. Instead of Chesson having to go to Corn Ferry Tour Finals to see if he could secure his, his PGA Tour card through there, he gets his, uh, his PGA Tour status. It's a huge, huge deal. And how about your first hole-in-one when you're you know, you're, you're, you're that age, you're in your mid-30s, you've never had a hole-in-one anywhere in any golf tournament before. I know I know some amateurs who are 10 handicaps who have two or three, Ken. <laughs> you never have one before. Uh-huh. The, 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 the celebration where he says he looks like a baby giraffe, uh, <laughs> it, is, it was just amazing. It was just a, a fantastic story, and that's really... You know, when the PGA Tour camp with the FedEx Cup, that's really what they are dreaming of is these types of stories to get attention. Uh, this one definitely deserved it. Uh, do you um, ha- have you hit a hole in one? I've never had one. Uh, it's definitely a point of contention. I've come close so many times. Uh, I, I have a close friend who he just had his first, so I'm a little jealous. But I'm I'm going to be playing as much golf as I possibly can until I could say I have one. <laughs> <laughs> keep 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 trying, keep dreaming. That's the uh, that that's the name of the game. Uh, speaking of dreams and realizing them, uh, and I know you love these stories, so that's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, it's sort of in the same neighborhood as Chase Headley, but. David Skins, who was working DoorDash uh, about eight months ago, uh, it, it, he has taken 16 years to finally get his PGA Tour card, and he did it this past weekend at 39 years old. There's an incredible story as well. 
unbelievable. Uh, you know, for these guys who got into the top 25 of the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, that you know, to secure their PGA Tour card, it really they they deserve this attention. Uh, David Skins, just an incredible story. How about Curtis Thompson, one of our one of our local uh, local players, brother of uh, Lexi Thompson and, and, and Nick Thompson, who who also play in the PGA Tour a little bit. Curtis Thompson was thinking about giving up golf a couple of years ago. Comes through, wins the the Corn Ferry Tour Finals uh, qualifying tournament last fall, and then plays some amazing golf uh, throughout the year. Wins in the Corn Ferry Tour, gets into that top twenty five. Remember, these guys had to go through an extended season to get into this top 25. So they had to, to go basically play two seasons in one just to get in there. Uh, really amazing for, for all of these players who are able to, to do that. Uh, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a dream come true for a lot of guys who, you know, they, they work their entire lives trying to get on the PGA Tour. And to, to finally get there is just a, a huge accomplishment. Uh, there are just so many players who never get that chance. And to get status and to get through all those stages to, to make the PGA Tour, it's a, it's a huge, huge deal for a lot of guys. So much raw emotion at that ceremony where they pass out the 25 cards to everybody uh, a couple more here with our golf insider sean Fairholm of global golf post and again read all of his work at globalgolfpost.com spent last weekend at oakmont for the u.s amateur uh, i'm ken levicka here on honda classic live let's talk a little bit about whistling, uh, whistling straights a little bit uh, about the Ryder cup patrick reed had to withdraw from uh, uh, the northern trust with an ankle injury to you is this something that could potentially impact his chances at making the Ryder cup team or do you think this is more precautionary because he wants to make sure he's healthy for the Ryder cup i think only he knows um for those who aren't aware when when you withdraw from a pga tour event during the event you have to give a reason but when you withdraw prior to the event you don't so we don't really have a full understanding of what he's going through right now. I'm sure he's talking with Steve Stricker, the U.S. captain, kind of describing what he's going through right now. Maybe it's just precautionary. He's just kind of giving his body rest, or maybe there is something more serious going on. I'm skeptical to put him on no matter what happens, because if you look at the standings right now, you have, uh, as your captain's picks, I mean, Spieth and I think Harris English are two absolute locks at this point, right? With Given how Harris yeah. English has played and how, I mean, Jordan Spieth has finished top five and the Masters top five at, at the Open Championship. It just seems like an absolute no-brainer for that those two would be on the team. And, and you look at the stats, I mean, I have a hard time not picking Patrick Cantlay, not picking Daniel Berger. Those guys just seem like absolute shoe-ins to me at this point, given how they've played and, and given the stats of the past three months and, and, and how they've played. Uh, I just don't know if the U.S. team really needs Patrick Reed, especially when you throw in you know Kevin Kisner just won. He has a phenomenal match play record. I believe he's 16-5-1 and one in match play uh, throughout his career. So, I mean, it just doesn't seem like the U.S. team really needs Patrick Reed. Uh, and, and everything that comes with him at this point, I, I, I'd be reluctant. If he goes on a run and, and you know wins a couple of events prior to the Ryder Cup, then, then yes. But it just doesn't seem like he's knocked down the door and, and kind of proven that he needs to be on this team. Are you feeling a little uneasy? And I know we don't know the, the teams yet officially, but are you feeling a little bit uneasy about where the U.S. stands right now with some of the guys that they're going to have to depend on? Like, There's a lot of talent there, but are, are we seeing the, the key guys playing their best golf right now? No, no, we're not. It's, uh, it's a little bit 
frustrating if you're on the U.S. side. And remember, you know, yeah, you have Colin Morikawa, but he's never played in a Ryder Cup. There's going to be some nerves there. Uh, some of these guys don't really have great Ryder Cup records to begin with. So I think the, the concern, you know, maybe even more than just how the U.S. players are, are you know, they're, how they're playing right now is just the, the team chemistry. How are Brooks, Bryson, DJ, how, how are all these guys going to, to mesh? Uh, and I know they say, hey, we're not playing with each other, so it doesn't matter. But to me, I, just, I don't know. They're just... It, it feels like they really they have to go out and and maybe pick a couple of guys that are really going to help the team room more than anything else. Maybe you do need a, a Tony Fee now, uh, who is playing a lot better this week than he has in, in past months. Uh, maybe you do need a, a, a Jason Kokrak, who is a bit of a gun, gunslinger, long long hitter, uh, comes with a little bit of an attitude. Maybe you need a couple of those guys in the room to kind of uh, you know settle down some of the the team chemistry issues that that could be uh, an issue you at whistling straight I, I don't know that that's just my feeling at the moment that they steve stripper might have to think a little bit outside the box and, and not go with chalk for those those six pack captain's picks yeah i think you and i are on the same wavelength it just seems a little bit erratic right now and uh, still a couple of weeks away from the Ryder cup at uh, at whistling straights we are underway in the fedex cup playoffs and the final women's major of the year and a familiar face at the top of the leaderboard in nelly corda this is quite a time right now in golf as we head to the end of August. Great work, as always, by Sean Farum of Global Golf Post and GlobalGolfPost.com. Read all of his work, including stuff that's continuing to come out from the U.S. Amateur at Oakmont. Sean, thanks so much for the time, as always, on this Saturday. We'll talk next weekend, okay? All right, thanks for having me. Sean Fairholm, our golf insider here on Honda Classic Live. We'll have a Northern Trust leaderboard update when we return. It's Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3. All right, let's dig in in the Northern Trust leaderboard here on uh, Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3. I am Ken Levicka, and this is the first tournament of the FedEx playoff as everybody starts to jockey for position here. And again, as we discussed earlier, a leaderboard and a tournament that could be affected by soon-to-be Hurricane Henry, which is lurking in the Atlantic and is expected to make landfall in New England, but affects from the hurricane. Outer bands from the hurricane could really affect that New Jersey, that New York metropolitan area tomorrow. And there is already talk that Sunday is not going to happen and Monday will be the final round. So all of these guys will try and position themselves for a Sunday or a Monday finish. And uh, John Rahm, who, and you, you heard Sean Farrell, a Global Golf Post, GlobalGolfPost.com, our golf insider, talking about him. He is not human, and he still has the lead at the Northern Trust at 12 under. He is just playing exceptional golf. He is undeterred. He is wildly focused. And he, I agree with Sean, he would have won the Olympics if he didn't pop uh, that COVID positive right before he was to travel to uh, to Tokyo. Tony Finau, he has had a really poor 2021, but here he is starting the playoff after he did qualify. He is just one shot back of Rahm at 11 under. Justin Thomas, the Jupiter resident, he has played well. He shot a 63 on Thursday, as did Rahm, and Justin Thomas sits just two shots off of Rahm's lead at the Northern Trust going into Saturday. Keith Mitchell, 10 under as well, and the Olympic champions, Andrew Shoffley, two shots back at 10 under. Kevin Na 
at nine under par. Harold Varner the third, who said that he had been frustrated during practice, decided to sit down, have a couple of beers, and that settled him down Thursday. And he is in contention at nine under par. See, beer does you a lot of good. He is three shots off the lead is Harold Varner the third. Brooks Kepka, the Jupiter resident, Cardinal Newman grad, is just four shots off the pace at eight under par, as is Jordan Spieth. So that's an attractive uh, uh, pairing that will go off later today uh, at the Northern Trust. Lee Westwood at seven under par, as is Victor Hovland and Patrick Catlay. Keegan Bradley, the Jupiter resident, six under par, along with Sung Jae Im, former Honda Classic winner, uh, six under as well. Bryson DeChambeau, he has been all over the place this tournament. He is six shots back as well, along with Bradley and Im at six under. Zach Johnson, six under as well. Continuing to go through what to expect later in the day, some earlier tee times, including Harris English at five under par. Hideki Matsuyama, your Masters champion at five under as well. They will both go off in the 11 o'clock hour. Shane Lowry at four under par. He gets going uh, in uh, just about an hour's time, uh, as does Webb Simpson and Scotty Scheffler. As you continue down here through this leaderboard, you see Stuart Sink at three under par, able to make the cut. Daniel Berger, the Jupiter resident, making the cut as well. Uh, Max Homa made the cut. Brank Snedeker into the weekend as well. Gary Woodland, the Delray resident, just barely gets in, just barely finds the weekend uh, as he finishes his first two days uh, at even par. Now... There are the players that didn't make the cut. Let's go through some of the locals. Dustin Johnson, who cracked a driver uh, early in his tournament. The Jupiter resident, world number one. Probably not world number one for long. Dustin Johnson misses the cut, uh, as does Jonathan Vegas. Jason Kokrak, he can't make the weekend. Sergio Garcia gets cut. Bubba Watson misses the cut, as does Charles Schwartzel. Brendan Grace, he's a no-go at the Northern Trust into the weekend. Phil Mickelson, uh, the magic from the PGA Championship appears to be completely gone now for Phil. He has not been in contention for anything in quite some time now. Brendan Steele, unable to get into Saturday and Sunday. Matt Kuchar can't get there. Jupiter's Matthew Wolf, who opened up about his continued mental health struggles before the tournament started. He was a non-factor, eight under. He finishes fourth from last in this tournament, uh, and uh, that is a wrap for him with that eight under. But again, at the Northern Trust, John Rahm is your leader at 12 under par. Tony Finau just one shot back, and there is your leaderboard brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf. The Northern Trust, we don't know if it's going to be played tomorrow. We aren't sure. Uh, We'll see how the weather works out with Hurricane Henry, but we are staring at a Monday finish if tomorrow cannot happen. It is Honda Classic Live here on ESPN 106.3. I am Ken Levicka. We will come back. We will wrap this up when we return. It's the only golf radio show in the area, Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3.